Lord, amen. So today we're going to talk about the glory of the latter house. That's the generation that we are living in. And I thought I would share something uh, with you, a praise report from the conference. Uh, you know, we were asking God to pour out his glory and for miracles and healings and everything else that we need. Uh, Arnita Ely, James and Polly Ely's, I think she's the oldest daughter. Do you know? They ain't going to never tell you the truth. You know, I get around them. I say, hey, baby doll, how you doing? And nobody own up to nothing. But anywho. <laughs> but anyway, uh, she posted on Facebook, uh, she uh, recorded the song of the Lord. And also the uh, she took pictures when uh, God was ministering to her mom and her dad as we walked across the altar. And she wrote this. She said, Prophetess Barbara A. Williams has been connected to my family for years. In October 2000, she was one of many who prayed for my mom when she coded. And countless other times after that, God has used her concerning mom. In December, when she heard my mother was in the hospital, she came to town. God has connected you to mom's healing, and last night was powerful. Thank you for your time and investment in my mom. Prior to the conference, mom was not feeling the best. Let's just say that this morning she is new. Love you. So that's good news to uh, share. She shared it on Facebook. She asked me ahead of time if she could take film and share things, which I appreciate because, you know, not everything you do you want on there. But anyway, people have a right heart about things. But uh, I just like to have it, keep it in the vein of honoring God and giving glory to God. When I go on social media, I don't go on there to make friends or to show my newest wearing apparel or my weight loss or weight gain. It's funny they show you when they lose, but not when they gain. They hide. But anyway, <laughs> it keeps me honest. I go on there and put things that are edifying. So, so that was very, very encouraging. And uh, I thank God that she posted the song of the Lord because we got more views on that than probably anything we've done in a while. So it's all God and it's all good. We want everything we do to honor him to be public and made available to people. That's why we do it, to help humanity and help the people of God. So praise God. Amen. So we're going to get right into the word in uh, Joel chapter 2. It's one of our cornerstone scriptures for the ministry. Amen. Uh, our ministry was founded on uh, Habakkuk chapter 2. And it is the ministry of the watchman explained in that chapter. So if you haven't read it or you're not familiar with it scripturally, uh, please uh, study this and, and get your heart filled with understanding of what this ministry is set up for. Because we have a vision and we're heading toward it, toward it at breakneck speed. I would say at God speed. And so uh, when you um, understand that you're here for something, it helps you to stay connected to it. Uh, I know there are many people who have come and gone in this ministry, and I think they really never caught the vision or kept it, hid it in their hearts to the degree that it really began to help them to be connected and to stay connected. And so it's a blessing and an honor and a privilege to be in the purpose of God and the will of God and to honor God with your consistent um, 
devotion, your consistent commitment, and your consistent participation in what he's doing. So he begins here, it says, I will stand upon my watch and I will set me upon the tower. In other words, I will live in the spirit. So where tower and spirit are the same essence. So back in the day when they had a physical uh, building or a, a physical wall that uh, protected the people, the watchman really was the police force for the people of God. The watchman was the enforcer for the will of God and the one who watched for the approach of the enemy so that the enemy would not overtake what God was doing. And so he says, I'm going to set me upon a tower and watch to see. So that means that you never lose that position. You never, just like if you walk away from your watch, it's like walking away from your job if you're a policeman. You just, you know, you go take a coffee break when you want to or you go on vacation when you feel like it. Somebody has to relieve you when you leave that post. And so um, my thought is that many times people look at this as just religious church and they don't look at it as a commitment from God. They never let their hearts get penetrated with the understanding that this is a prophetic commitment. It's something you lay hold of because you're going to be tempted to walk away from what God's called you to do. Don't get it twisted. You're always going to be tempted to do that. The enemy is going to come and try to stir up some kind of confusion or strife in your heart or make you an exception to the rule. Oh, God understands. You can do this. Well, you can't, you can't possibly, uh, uh, be expected to, you understand what I'm saying? The dumb stuff, the baby stuff. And so when you set your heart to be mature in God, you learn that you have to weather the storm. You gotta take some blows. You gotta stand regardless. Uh, you gotta stand when you, when people treat you right and they treat you wrong. You gotta stand and forgive when you'd rather just walk away. And so these are things that they're just normal Christian things, man. We're here in a hostile environment. Anybody tell you that? And so if you understand your position and where you are, it's easier to weather it. You look at it and say, nah, uh-uh, this is the devil. I'm not listening to this. I'm not going for this. I'm not going to feed on this. Amen. Some things you just don't consider. You just don't feed on it. And so when you understand what God's called you to do, you'll feed only on what he gives you. And he says, I'm going to, God's going to call me into account for what I do at what he tells me. And he says, what I will answer when I am reproved or when I'm called to account for how I spent my time on earth. So that's why a lot of people don't want to be committed to God. They don't want to think that God's going to stand before them one day and say, I gave you that ministry. What did you do with it? Mm-hmm. Can I get an Amen. Amen. And so when you understand that you're being called into account for how you spend your time, your life isn't your own. You may think it is. Now you can have as much fun and joy as you want within your little sandbox. That's the way I describe it because it's got borders around it. You're not allowed to crawl over the edge and go out there. 
You got me? So you get to play around in your sandbox all you want to, but you cannot go outside the boundaries and the borders of the life that God has carved out for you. Because it's from the foundation of the earth. Habakkuk is between Nahum and Zephaniah in the old, in the minor prophets. Right before the New Testament, you're going to find him parked in there. Probably need to get tabs. Remember tabs we used to get with new Christians. Now we think we ain't got too smart for them. Or in the front of your Bible, there's pages for where you're going to find all these different things. So let's get it on, y'all. But this one ought to be marked in your, your book. Fold that page down so you can come back to it when you need to. Amen. And read it again when you get home. And again and again and again. Because you'll see, and he says, the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain upon tables that he may run that reads it. Now I told you this dozens of times. That's how God gave me the prayer manual. I just sat and wrote as God gave it to me. And the vision is yet for an appointed time. In other words, things won't come to pass real quick for you. If you're looking for instant answers, this ain't the place for that. Because this is for a commitment. This is you settle down. This is your job. huh? Your J-O-B. He says, at the end it will speak and not lie. At the end. All right? It ain't the end yet. At the end it will speak and not lie. For though it tarry, wait for it, it'll surely come. It won't tarry forever. Behold, his soul which is lifted up is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. So you're going to have to be a faith person to carry this mission out. Amen. You're justified by the blood of Jesus, but in order to prove that, you got to live by faith. And faith that this will come to pass. Faith that God's holding you accountable. Faith in all of that. He says, yea, also because he transgresses with wine, he is a proud man. Neither keeping at home or enlarging his desire as hell and is as death and cannot be satisfied. Now this is, this is talking about the heathen that live around us, not God's people. Amen. And you see that. They're raging. They're full of hate and anger. They spew violence and anger from their mouths every day. Look at our politicians. And they're arrayed all of them saying the same thing. So these are demonic man- manifestations through human beings. And if you don't know what a demon spewing out hatred looks like, just turn on the TV and mainstream media and see what you see. Amen? Vile things, depraved things, calling for the president's wife and children to be abducted and raped. Who does that but the devil? And so these people have given themselves over to satanic manifestation and it's wholesale so god's exposing it so we know to stay away from that don't listen to it don't try to pick through it and find something good just shut it down and start to exalt the lord amen because it's time for our glory to be revealed in the earth you talk about gross darkness this is it if it's not been as too dark before, dark enough before, is dark enough now as far as I can see. So this gross darkness is covering the earth, but God's glory, amen, is rising upon his people. And he says, <clears throat> let me see, verse 8, because you have spoiled many nations, all the remnant of the people shall spoil you. So that's us. Because the enemy has caused this spoil to happen, God's people will be vindicated. 
Woe to him that covets an evil covetousness to his house that he may set his nest on high that he may deliver it from the power of evil. You have consulted shame to your house by cutting off many people and have sinned against your soul. For the stone shall cry out of the wall and the beam out of the timber shall answer it. Woe to him that builds a town with blood and establishes a city by iniquity. Amen. And that's this nation. Amen. But God's mercy because there are saints here who pray. God will reverse this and bring uh, glory and blessing back to this country. Behold, is it not of the Lord of hosts that the people shall labor in the very fire and the people shall weary themselves for very vanity? For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the seas. Woe to him that gives his neighbor wine to drink and puts a bottle to him and makes him drunk. All of the sin, drugs, uh, liquor, alcohol, whatever it is that you're, you're sharing with your friends. You are filled with shame for glory. Drink also and let your foreskin be uncovered. The cup of the Lord's right hand shall be turned unto you and shameful spewing shall be on your glory. Look at the people who live on the streets. They don't even try to find a bathroom anymore. Look at some of our cities. They call sanctuary cities. They're a sanctuary for hell and a sanctuary for the devil. Amen. And I've never seen humanity so depraved in my life. Women and children living on the streets, having babies, and they're just born on the streets. You know, usually women will find some shelter. You know, uh, they won't, you know, if you know you're getting ready to give birth, you'll find a place, a secure place for that baby. But they don't even do that anymore. Amen. And so the depravity is great. But he says, the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the seas. That's the vision where we work toward in this ministry. To see the glory of God cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. And not just his manifest presence, but knowledge of it. Where people will know it's God. He will manifest himself in such a way that it won't be a mystery and it won't be a, um, uh, a mysterious thing. It won't be a hidden thing. It'll be obvious to everybody that God is, is bringing himself out of hiding. And causing himself to be known by everyone. And it's a glorious time to be alive in God. It really is. Uh, We need to set our hearts to rejoice every day. Many of us are waiting for the biggie to come about before we rejoice. And if you've been serving God any length of time, you learned a long time. You don't wait to rejoice. You rejoice while you can. Rejoice while you have an opportunity. Rejoice while you can speak and stand and move your hands and all of that. You don't hold back rejoicing for an opportune time. It's always a good time to rejoice in the Lord. So if we will follow uh, what God is speaking to us, we know that we are working as we pray as watchmen. We are causing, we are facilitating the incoming of the glory of the latter rain and the former rain together. We'll talk about that in a minute. But you need to know that your prayers facilitate that happening. Now God says that those who uh, uh, work the garden or the husbandmen will be first partakers of the fruit of the harvest. 
So we're entitled. Like for instance, if you grow tomatoes in your yard, then your tomatoes. You can pluck them off and eat them when they first come in. You'll be the first one to know that your harvest is ripe. And so as people who are sowing into the glory and have a vision for the glory and are anticipating and waiting for the vision to come to pass, we take the first fruits of it. Amen. Now, I've always believed that and I always will. You can't steal that from my heart because it's sealed in there already. So I know that those who partake and sow into it, you're sowing into the harvest with your prayers and you're standing on your watch consistently. That means that you are the gardener and you're entitled to the first fruits because you're in the garden already. You understand me? Who can stop you from partaking of that if you're already in that that place and in that garden? And so God will allow you to be first partakers of the fruit of the harvest. Because you have sown into it. You are invested in it. You have a vested interest in what God's doing. You are a partaker of his glory. You're going to receive what God has entitled you to receive with his power and through your prayers. He's not causing you to pray and somebody else reap in your place. But I'll tell you one thing it happens to people. It happens quite a bit because I'll tell you why it happens sometimes because there are so many others working in this vineyard and many times when people uh, start to anticipate something from God, they have a wrong vision of how it's going to manifest. See, I believe it will manifest the way God says it will and he gives us examples through his word. And as you experience it, that's when you understand the manifestation of it through interpretation by the Holy Spirit. And so if we don't, if we're not careful to allow God to bring this in and we partake of the portion that belongs to us, this is where people mess up because God will visit with his glory and then people involved in the manifestation uh, you know, in their meetings and they'll, they'll see God coming in, then they'll run to take it over, control it. People who are in charge start to fight over it. Strife breaks out. Amen. So God wants to bring it into a place that's orderly. You got me? I mean, people, you have to just be so respectful of what he's doing and so respectful of his presence. I, mean, I know sometimes you feel like you want to jump out of your skin, but, you know, contain yourself. It's not a time for everybody to try to grab the mic and have a word from God. So he doesn't visit in places like that that are disorderly like that. He doesn't visit in places that, that don't have a proper uh, valid ministry gift covering, you know, where people can 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 confirm. All of the prophecies we receive are done publicly. I don't let people come up to you after the meeting and give you a word. See, God will never visit us in a polluted atmosphere. That's why I paid the price for chasing people out. Because I'm known as that weird lady, that mean lady. Oh, she goes too far. You see, they had them costumes up there and them girls dancing. I've I've been through it all. You got me? And I'm still going to stand because I believe we've done what God instructed us to do. I don't know how you run your meeting. But God bless you. Be happy with it. But I run it according to the way I believe he tells me to do it. That doesn't make it perfect. 
in anybody's eyes. But that means our hearts are toward God. We're working toward a greater manifestation. I want to see more people receive from God and I mean it. You know, I mean it. I'm not, it's just not something for me to say. I want to see the day when everybody walks out healed. Well, yeah, it's good. But on the way to everybody going out healed, let's make sure people get what God has for them that they can expect in that time. You got me? And so when we understand what God's doing, we'll be more capable of cooperating with him. So we want to cooperate with God. We don't want to come in there with preconceived ideas and all this kind of thing. The other thing is that people expect certain people that they like or they favor to be the ones God uses. Well, God will use whomever he will. This word leaves that open for him. He'll have mercy on whom he'll have mercy. He will pardon whom he'll pardon. That's up to God's sovereign will to do certain things. But I know one thing. We can expect what God promises in his word. So let's be expectors. Let's continue to expect the manifestation of the goodness of God the way he describes it in his word. And so Habakkuk 2.14 is the vision that we are expecting to see. The glory of God. We're expecting to see him manifest himself. We're expecting to see God heal people. We're expecting to see God save people. Whole households of people. You know, you. I remember back in the early days, I would listen to Sandy Brown's preaching. And I began to hunger for the things she described in it. Because she would uh, oftentimes step into the realm of the glory of God. Uh, you know, in her meetings. And I was obedient to God even though she had, had, had some difficulty in her life. When we had our first conference, I had her uh, speak there. And mainly it was to deposit that glory of God in our meeting. And I remember some of the camera people saying we had to hold on to the camera just to keep from falling over. You understand what I'm saying? And so God's spirit will visit you. Let me tell you another thing that's uh, that's important about those things. That he has people carry his glory. And once that deposit is made on your spirit, it leaves an indelible impression on your spirit to hunger for more of it. And your spirit will not rest until he finds his resting place in that atmosphere. And so these are important. See, when we, we go to certain meetings and we don't go to certain ones or we, you know, that kind of thing, when we make that distinction, it must be based on something that God wants you to benefit from. Don't go somewhere because your friends go there. And don't go somewhere because everybody's your same color or not your same color or your denomination or whatever you think is is the right thing to do. You go because there's a hunger in you for something that God needs to fulfill for you and that's it. I have never had you all sit in a meeting where the power of God was not demonstrated with healing signs and wonders. We don't go there. And you check the record and you'll see. You have, I've never compelled you to be somewhere where the power and the glory of God was not available to you. And if it dries up or it gets too far away, then that means we've hit a season where we gotta pray for more. You understand me? So let's all get on the same page here and get full understanding of what's going on because we'll all have to be carriers if we know what we're grabbing onto. 
So many times the things of the spirit are a mystery to people and they don't have to be. We're living in the fullness of understanding of the things of God. And so we need to get sometimes get in there and meditate, God, when this happened, what did that mean? Or what were you doing when you did this? And I felt some this come upon me and what does that mean? Start to get, let the Holy Spirit teach you. Amen. Don't assume you know what's going on. This is just between you and God. There should be no pride manifestation where you got to pretend like you know everything. I don't. I mean, what I know, I know, and I'll share that. But what I don't know, I keep pulling into God and getting understanding. So always query God about the things that he's doing, and he will give you full disclosure. Amen. He'll let you know what's going on. So in Zechariah 10, were we there 10 in verse 1, he says, Ask you of the Lord. Just ask him. And he will give you rain in the time of the latter rain. So there is a time for the release of the vision, for the manifestation of the vision. The Bible says it will tarry. It won't come right away. Parts of it may. Uh, types of it may. But but it will lift and you'll have to seek God for more. Amen. That will come. So God tells us to ask for this. We don't have to wait. We can ask. You got me? So there's waiting for the vision to come to play, to come uh, to, um, vision to come to pass after you ask, but you can initiate it by your asking. So whenever you pray Habakkuk 2.14, you are asking him to release the latter rain. When you begin to anticipate the fullness of God to come in the meetings, you are asking. Amen. So we ask for the rain, and the rain comes to make the harvest ripe. So the rain of God comes to prepare the hearts of men to receive him. How do we receive God through repentance? That's the first thing you gotta do. You gotta purify your heart before God. You gotta ask Him for forgiveness of your sins. You got to be able to turn everything over to Him. So when you do that, then that's all you needed. You fulfilled your obligation. He will begin to pour out. Trust Him for His word. You don't have to do 15 flips. Three snaps in a circle, you know, anything like that to get God's presence in. You just have to obey his word. So when people have gone astray, God wants to gather them back into his presence, into his manifest glory. That is our God-given atmosphere that we're called to live in. That's really what was stolen from us through sin. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they forfeited the atmosphere of God. Which caused them to be holy, to be nurtured in their spirit. And so they began to live totally from their soul. And from the soul divorced from God, much by their emotions. You see, we look at people who can stay calm in difficulty and we marvel at that. Why? Because it's so easy. We know what emotions do to people. You get wound up, caught up, stupid. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you fumble, you fall, you stumble, you say things, and then when you come out of it, you look at it and say, oh boy, I messed up again. How come I can't do better? You, you understand? It's because you're divorced from your, your God-given atmosphere. 
So when the glory of God comes back into manifestation, you are restored to your God-given atmosphere. The place where your spirit to dominate and your spirit to be strong and your spirit to be in touch with God. That's what God wants for us. Jesus died and shed his blood for us to live in that atmosphere again. And he expects us to live there. Amen. Because he knows that's the best thing for us. So the the one way you can appreciate that in God is don't flip in and flip out. Let God show you the manifestation of his glory. Let him reveal to you his presence. Let him uh, take you into the place where where he abides and and let that be a comfort and a zone for you to live in. Uh, many people have found it uh and and sought for it and and it lifts and it leaves but you want him to dwell with you. Amen. Uh, like Catherine Kuhlman did uh back in the day. She allowed God's spirit to dwell with her. She allowed his presence to dwell with her and she was very careful uh, to keep his presence upon her and and that's a glorious thing you know i know the the weight of of her responsibility in the kingdom was very heavy for her from time to time you know you get these questions in your mind about uh god how long am i going to be able to do this are you going to be in the meetings again tonight like you've always been you know and all that kind of thing but god's glory will will be seen and manifested throughout the earth so that's an assurance that we have See, a lot of our, our, our ministers, some of them who are, are ministering now, and many of our prior ones had no idea how the glory of God would manifest. They didn't. They didn't know it was for us. They didn't know it was an atmosphere that God had promised, and it was a promise from God, just like your health is a promise, just like salvation's a promise if you'll repent. All of those things that are promises, they didn't quite understand that. So they were very careful how they lived, how they moved, and you know, it was kind of rigid in their atmospheres for God to move. But if you look in the book of Acts, there God poured out and they enjoyed it. You know, God, they preach and get up there and say what God said. Say 5,000 people would be filled with the Spirit. You got me? 5,000 would be born again at one time. All of those things would manifest because they just literally trusted God. And so that's what we're going to have to do. I'm not saying that having restrictions on your activity and that kind of stuff, but anybody in charge of the meeting can tell when something's happened that's, that causes causes him to lift and move. You have to be very careful to be respectful of what God wants to do and let him do it. Amen. But it doesn't mean that you can't be you and be used by God. Amen. So let's understand that about God. You want to carry that presence so that you will have power to do the things that God put you in the earth to do. And do the things that his compassion are moving you to do. Alright. So God wants us. He wants to gather people back to his presence, to his manifested glory. Because that's our rightful home. That's where our spirits are comfortable. And that's where we need to abide. So if you stay focused on what God is doing while he's doing it, you'll be able to partake of his manifested glory. Amen. Turn to Joel 2.23. You won't have to go far because Joel, we're, we're all in the minor prophets now. So if you'll... Don't go over into Matthew because you won't find it. But if you 
pedal back a little bit, you'll find the book of Joel. They're all kind of small, and it's easy to overlook them real quickly. So, Joel, chapter 20, chapter 2. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. In Joel chapter 2, verse 23, he starts out in verse 1, Blow the trumpet in Zion, and sound an alarm in my holy mountain, while all the inhabitants of the land tremble. So something big's coming. Amen? For the day of the Lord is coming, and it's nigh at hand. Then over in verse 20. Two, he says, be not afraid, you beasts of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness do spring, for the tree bears her, let me see, the tree bears her oh, fruit. The fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. So God is saying, uh, don't be afraid of a barren land, you know, and, and, and it may be desolate for a season, how many of us know some people struggle when God's not doing anything real exceptional and real fun and real daring? Well, that's a place to tend your garden and preserve what you have. So God tests us to see how we'll respect the waiting period, how we will respect those times when it's not so yummy, you know, in his kingdom. And in during those times, withdraw yourself back to the spirit of God. Withdraw yourself into the presence of God. Even if it's not what you really, really have been looking for, uh, we all go through droughts. We all go through testing periods. But if you remain faithful, God will pour out again. He always pours out again. And it says in verse 23, he said, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain moderately. We've all had our time where God pours out, where his glory manifests, where we will get healed, say at a healing meeting, or we'll get delivered from something that troubles our minds or, or a trouble, or you'll see an improvement in some of your relationships. All of that, that's the moderate rain. But he says here, he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. So what he's saying is there will be a first month blessing to come into the earth. Now we've received a portion of it. We've received a manifestation of it. And so we want that to to keep going. So it will be a former and a latter together. The floor shall be full, full of wheat. That's that souls. And the vat shall overflow with wine and oil. And that's the the anointing of God, the power of God, and the joy of God. Amen? So the fullness of a harvest, how excited you would be if you looked out and that little place where you labored in your backyard was now full of fruit and full of vegetables that you can go out and pick at will. That's what it's going to be like. Healings will be picked off at will. Salvation picked off at will. People delivered picked off at will. Well, they'll come into their right minds. And they'll be peaceful people. And he says, the floor shall be full of wheat, the vat shall overflow with wine and oil, and I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, 
the canker worm, caterpillar, palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. So God is in charge of the good and the bad. God is in charge. When he lifts his hand because we've been disobedient and we see the fruit of our disobedience, then he says he will stop that if you'll repent and come back to you. Simple. These are simple instructions. Just turn your heart away from whatever it is that's turning you away from God and turn it toward God again. It's just so simple. He doesn't make it hard for us at all. So he says here, your floors will be full of wheat. Your vats will overflow with wine and oil. Verse 25, there will be restoration of all destroyed crops. Verse 26, and you shall eat in plenty. Be satisfied. In other words, you won't have to pinch pennies. You won't have to watch what you spend. You won't have to be cautious about one thing or the other because there will be no lack. There will just be the fullness of blessing. And he says, and and be sat- you will eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God. He has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed. So your reputation will be restored. You will have full restoration of all things. Quit feeling guilty about yourself. Quit feeling uh, pressured to to get your own reputation back. Amen. God has secured that for you. If you go ahead and be joyful and thank God for the restoration of all things. There's, there's nothing wrong with your reputation. There's nothing wrong with what God has done for you. There's nothing wrong between you and God when you fully give yourself over to him in the way that he wants you to give himself yourself over to him. And so we're thankful to God for the restoration of all things we really really are and he will restore all of those years that the locust canker worm palmer worm all of those uh, uh, devourers have taken he wants to give us restoration of all things all destroyed crops will be restored amen where the devils put your kids in jail or put them on drugs or uh, gotten their minds filled up with hateful ideas and, and uh, discouragement in their lives. Failure, fear of failure. He's going to restore that. Just begin to speak into the spirit of glory and thank God for that. All you can do is go through Habakkuk, Joel uh, chapter 2. God, I thank you and just read all of these things back to him. I thank you, Lord, for restoration of all things. Thank you for restoration of my health. Thank you, Lord, that you have dealt wondrously with us, that you are a wonder and I will never be ashamed of what you've done in my life. See, you can pick up shame over anything. You can be ashamed because, you know, your life you were believing God for this and it never came. It happens, folks. So let's, you know, you believe the best you can, you never see it. There's many people that put their best effort into their faith or worst or whatever. You understand what I'm saying? And so sometimes your train leaves a little late for you to arrive on time. (laughs) I'll put it that way. Now you can believe God for a miracle and he gives miracles. But there are going to be some things that when you get to heaven you'll see where they are. You'll see he had them for you. Amen. And you won't be disappointed about it when you get there. Because God will show you that he kept his word. He said, I had that for you. I had that set apart for you. That was for you. And I'm still going to manifest it. You got me? 
So that's why there's a great cloud of witnesses up there. You think them people just sitting up there in the grandstands? They're watching what goes on down here and they're witnessing. Oh God, I see my grandchildren saved now. I didn't see it when I was down there, but I see them walking saved now and they're cheering us on. They're in agreement with the good thing that God is doing in our lives. So we'll have restoration of all things. Verse 26, plenty and no lack. He'll remove shame. See, when you get blessed abundantly, you don't feel bad anywhere inside of you. You just feel good about it. Amen. You don't stop feeling good and say, oh, I didn't get this or I didn't get that. And now the saints looking at me funny. They think I was lying all the time. Saints ain't thinking about you. And you shouldn't be thinking about that. Just keep rejoicing. Huh? Keep rejoicing. It'll be there for you. Amen. In verse 27, you shall know that I am in the midst of my people, says the Lord. You're going to know it. And he says, that's the amazing thing to me about the glory of God. Everybody was sitting there. Nobody was in a hurry to get home. You know, all the people that get up and wander around all the time and can't sit still. Them people were sitting. They were glued. They were. There's that kind of discipline. Under the glory of God. Amen. It's going to be different than any any move of God that has been experienced in the past. You understand me? Now think about it. The meetings that we've had where the glory manifests in the form of, I would say, a former rain glory. You've got Catherine Kuhlman. you got Benny Hinn. you got Moore Cirillo. You might have a handful of others. But... Look at all the people that mill around and are restless. I mean, come on. People get up and go buy popcorn. People go and visit their friends in the back and chat and have a whole conversation about something other than what God's doing. But when you get to the altar, you can get more. And when you're a few rows back, you get some. But as you get back to the multitude, it wanes. Why? Because those people are in carnal, in carnality. Amen. If you're really there to get serious about God, you got to press your way to get toward the front because, you, you know, the devil will sit somebody by you that's crazy. You understand what I'm saying? In, in a religious spirit and there for nonsense. And then you look on the floor and there's people sitting down there that don't, don't even don't aren't don't even belong down there because they're not there to receive anything. They got. Because their church supports his ministry and they got seats and they convinced the pastor that they belong there. Don't mess with me on this, okay? Because when you hunger for the right thing from God, you study to find out what to do and what not to do. That's why I don't have jumping up and down people sitting on the front row. See, I'd rather shoot them dead than to lose what God's going to do. So that's why I don't even have them up there. If you don't have any more sense about spiritual things than to know, you can't jump up and down and disturb a prophet of God who's trying to find the word of the Lord, then go to the back or just go home. I don't care. But get out of here. If you can't get in order, get lost. I waited too long. You got me? And it's not going to happen. 
So you have all this nonsense, but you got to keep it under control. You know, that's why I don't let people who have small children sit on the front row. Well, and they'll go and leave forever, right, Miss Clydell? I tell us, Clydell, shut them babies up and get them out. And the mother left with the baby, never saw her again. I don't care. You supposed to be spiritual. You you should know better. You steal the word of the Lord from somebody who really needs a word from God. I don't have no holler for you. You Everybody's got to learn. Amen. But you don't get to repeat these mistakes over and over again and call yourself a spiritual person. So you have to keep some order. If you're going to have what God wants, it's got to be respectful to God. You got me? It's got to be. It's got to be. So in Joel 2 and 28, it'll come to pass afterwards that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. And also, not just sons and daughters, because they're heirs, manservants and maidservants. Anybody who gets under this will receive the fullness of it. Everybody will be able to hear God's word and repeat it. Everybody will be able to understand what God is doing. Everybody will be able to be spoken to by God and visions and dreams and manifestation of prophecy. All of those things will fall upon the people of God. Now we see that in in uh, Pentecost. Amen. We saw, but that really is a former reign only. That's not latter and former together. Amen. Now most scholars agree it was a great manifestation, but could you imagine more than on the day of Pentecost? Because we have that experience often. We have that manifestation. If you if you pray with somebody who really knows how to get people baptized in the Holy Spirit, you'll feel that manifestation. Pastor Shirley carries that. Will you be able to feel that manifestation come into the room and she'll just start by the Spirit instructing people what to do to receive the fullness of it. And you can tell she's never afraid they won't get it. She's never struggling with them over it. She just gently guides and instructs them. You know, and I'm sitting there like... Don't talk. Hold on. Let go. You know, I'm in my mind. I just, so I know to restrain myself. You got me? But I just don't have that gift. You understand? Now, I can work it to a degree. But if they get rough or they get tough or they don't receive right away, I just let her do it. Because that's how she's gifted to do things. So you don't mess with It's a blessing. Amen? Not to have to struggle over stuff. So we don't get in a contest as to who can get more people praying in tongues. Or, you know, come on, folks. It's not time for that. So we have plenty and no lack. We have the great outpouring. Sons and daughters prophesy. In other words, God will start speaking to people again. Amen. And also upon the servants, handmaidens in those days I will pour out of my spirit. Now you'll see ministries built upon these scriptures. End time handmaidens and men servants was built on this scripture. Where they felt like the power of God was poured out for them to partake of. You got me? And and they went far in getting people in the body of Christ filled with the spirit. 
That was their mission, to make this manifest for all who wanted to believe. And he says, I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord shall come. And it will come to pass. All who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So there's not a season for salvation. There's not a time. It's it's in this dispensation that anybody who calls on the name of Jesus to be saved will be saved. And so it's a great, great place to live in. It's a great place to be. And it's a great uh, thing to understand uh, in God. And Joel chapter 3 will continue it says and uh, spirit of, i'm sorry this uh in 2:32, call the name of the lord will be saved and be delivered and for in mount zion and in jerusalem shall be deliverance amen so the jewish people will receive christ as the lord has said and in the remnant who he shall call so always want to be the remnant people. Don't try to be in the flow of everything that's going on. Uh, some of our great mega churches now are so polluted, God won't be able to move there. I'm just telling you. Uh, when you start having yoga classes in a house that God built, and you start inviting people who aren't even saved, that uh, have out-of-birth wedlocks with women they live with and steal them, you invite them into your pulpit, it's polluted already. So just say, bye-bye, keep moving. If you got to go home and wait for God to show you a clean place to go and worship, then do that. So the Lord will judge the nations, for behold, in those days and in that time, when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, I will also gather all nations. So God's coming to all nations to gather people together and will bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel. So God is doing that now. He's actually pleading with nations to support Israel. And you notice they only always have one person to support them and that's this nation everybody will turn their backs uh, um, president trump was so vilified when he decided to honor their request that their capital be moved back to jerusalem and none of the other united nation united you know, they're united against the will of god many times and so we have to be careful and i thank god for him because he's had the counsel of many uh, uh, strong believers in the future of Israel. And he's listened to Christian people who have spoken to him. You got me? And uh, in, in you have to honor that because God is honoring it. you got to watch things, folks. Uh, you can't just listen to what everybody says about somebody and fall in line with that. You have to let God speak to you because it's very important you hear his voice. And he says... Whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. They have cast lots for my people, given a boy for a harlot and sold a girl for wine. You see, all I'm, my understanding that is of date. Um, uh, the Attorney General of the United States, Jeff Sessions, you know, people keep, keep saying, "Why didn't he do something? Why need?" He's working. He's. They've indicted at least twenty-three hundred people. And child trafficking and, and witchcraft and pornography, Satanism rings and they, they got an understanding of where to work first to uproot 
this evil that's fallen upon this nation. And he is following what he's been instructed to do. You need to understand this because there is high witchcraft involved in our politics, in world politics, in this global uh, effort to have a one world government. George Soros is is uh, financing it. But there is high level Satanism involved in this and it's coming to the surface. People are understanding and the first thing they had to do because the child sacrifice is what fuels it. They had to start with the, the pedophile rings that are, are, uh, in, they, it happens with this illegal border crossing as a part of it. Many of those children that come with unaccompanied adults, where do they go? They go to camps that this government finances. And these people are sold into pedophilia rings. you got to know that. You don't have to believe it, but it will come out more clearly as it progresses. And our government has been supporting it. That's why they fight our president so much when he tries to stop. You're separating families. She said, well, if your daddy goes to prison, you ain't going to be able to go and live with him. We do it all the time. And previous administrations did it too. But see, when he does it, because he's trying to obey God, then it's a big deal. You got me? The devil hates it. Because he knows that that blood, innocent blood that's shed, and child sacrifice is what fuels his power all over the world. And it's being shut down every day as we speak. That's why they hate ICE. Because ICE will go and find these children and, and, and put them in a safe environment. You got me? You know, all this uh, return our girls, don't separate families. It's a smokescreen. Because these people have been separating kids from their families forever. So many Guatemalan children have met with abduction, rape, and murder at the hands of these satanic people because that's how they get power. They have power to intimidate. They have power to uh, inculcate in different areas. They have power to influence many, many people. So keep your brain washed. Amen. Don't let this stuff infiltrate your mind and tell you to hate people because of their political positions. I don't like what they say, but I don't hate nobody because of it because I see it's the devil. You understand me? So I keep it in the right perspective of where the devil is, and I keep God where God is. God is where there is freedom. God is where there is liberty. God is where there is law-abiding people, not law-breakers, and say they are doing it out of compassion. They have no compassion for those children because where they end up is not a compassionate place. So you don't have to believe me. You go get on YouTube and get some of these people everybody thinks is crazy and everybody thinks is lying and see what they really say. See if God will speak to you and give you understanding of how this world got so evil in the last 40 or 50 years. It started out with illegal drug use. Smoking marijuana. Remember the hippie days? 
get you know drop in drop out drop acid get high all of that that's witchcraft right there and from there it went to stronger and stronger witchcraft until we got where we are now Roe versus Wade got passed so they would have innocent blood to shed so they could fuel their evil uh, deeds so let's just get smart folks let's quit trying to be political and be on one side or the other get on God's side and stay there amen chapter 3 for behold in those days and in that time I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem I will also gather all nations bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat that's the valley of decision and will plead with them there for my people for my heritage Israel whom they scattered among the, the nations and parted my land they have cast lots for my people, etc. Verse 4, Yea, and what have you to do with me, O Tyre and Sidon, and all the coasts of Philistia? Will you render me recompense? And if you recompense me swiftly and speedily, will I return your recompense upon your own head? Because you have taken my silver and my gold. Now that is very true. Now if you don't think we've been ripped off by a nation, you don't, you're not paying attention. Because God has President Trump working to reverse all of these illegal trade deals. All the buildings we drove past that used to house workers and make things that are empty and desolate. That's what's happened. The nations have robbed this nation of its prosperity. They have robbed us of even our intellectual property. They find out the Chinese have taken, when you make deals with them, when companies make deals with them, they turn over the technology. You know, like the all of that is put on a chip or something, and they must share it with them. And then they wind up taking that over and selling it to you back to you cheaper than what you can make for in yourself, in your own country. And so these things have to be straightened out. Because we cannot take the gospel around the world on nickels and dimes. It's got to be God wants the wealth back under his control so he can give it to people who are justified in having it. The Chinese do not import the gospel. They do not preach the gospel. You got me? So they got no right to all of this. The children also of Judah and Jerusalem have you sold to the Grecians that you might receive them from, uh, them far from their border. Behold, I will raise them out of the place where you have sold them. So all the captives are going to be returned. And I'll return the recompense upon your own head. These people who are perpetrating this stuff, their day will come. Amen. Their day will come and I will sell your sons and your daughters into the hand of the children of Judah. In other words, the people of God will inherit the the heathen as their inheritance. Proclaim this among the Gentiles. Prepare war. Wake up the mighty men. Let all the men of war draw near. Let them come up. In other words, if you've never prayed before, this is a time to pray. Beat your plowshares in the swords and your pruning hooks in the spears. Let the weak say, I am strong. Assemble yourselves and come, all you heathen, and gather yourselves together round about, because your cause of mighty ones will come down, says the Lord. Let the heathen be weakened and come up to the valley of Jehoshaphat, for there will I sit to judge all the heathen round about. Put in the sickle for the harvest is ripe. So right after judgment comes the mercy of salvation. Amen. When he says put in the sickle for the harvest, that's the souls that will come as a result of God judging them and bringing them to repentance 
And then they call upon the name of the Lord. That's the church's greatest hour. He said multitudes and multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. Sun and moon will be darkened and the stars will withdraw their shining. In other words people won't be happy in their sin anymore. Hallelujah. That's for the sinner and for the saint. Sin is going to be what it's supposed to be to people and that is a vile thing. The Lord shall roar out of Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem and the heavens and the earth shall shake. But the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. In other words, it won't be your intellect, your money, your big audience, your TV presence, but it will be the Lord himself who shall be your strength. So shall you know I am the Lord your God dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain, and shall Jerusalem be holy? There shall no strangers pass through her any more. In other words, their walls will be secure. And it will come to pass in that day that the mountain shall drop down new wine. Here we go with uh, um, Amos 9.13 is reiterated in Joel 3. You'll see that in the minor prophets. They all tend to read the same. They're talking about an end time where the latter and the former come together. The harvest is ripe. The plowman shall overtake the reaper. All of this stuff will happen according to God's word. Egypt shall be a desolation. Edom shall be dove. In other words, the sinner won't have a place to hide. They won't have a fun place to be. Why? Because God's taken the fun out of sin. He's replacing it with conviction and the desire for repentance. Judah will dwell forever. Jerusalem for generation to generation. For I will cleanse their blood that I have not cleansed. So we're going to have a holy people dwelling in God's presence amen so this is good this is good news that God has for us if you can't rejoice about anything in your life rejoice about what it's in God's heart to do for people worldwide bringing people out of sin is a good thing folks sin is never pleasant you may think you're having fun for a season but after a while comes the payoff as surely as God lives. Amen. So he's not going to let these things prosper at all. Turn to Hosea chapter 6 verses 1 through 3. He says, come let us return to the Lord for he has torn and he will heal us. He never leaves us desolate. He never leaves us without hope. He has smitten but he will bind us up. After two days will he revive us. In the third day he'll raise us up. Now we are living in the third day reality of God's manifestation. Amen. The third day started when Jesus was raised from the dead. And it continues even now. So we're in the third day manifestation of God's uh, dispensation of grace. Amen. And so in the third day he will revive us and raise us up. And we shall live in his sight. In other words, if you're in the presence of God, you will live. If you're not in the presence of God, it's not going to be pleasant for you. But you can get in the presence of God. It will be made available to all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. you got to keep going folks. Salvation. See people have had the, the knowledge of really kingdom living and salvation stolen from them through denominationalism. Because we've got big denominations who will tell you salvation is everything. 
Oh, that tongues, that's of the devil. I know it's been a long time since you heard that. But that was what was commonly taught in churches. It was rare to hear about the Pentecostal experience, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, praying in tongues, being able to live holy before the Lord. All of that was rare. But now it's becoming more and more and more prevalent, more and more and more the knowledge of God, where that voice that says this is of the devil, and that that's getting drowned out by the reality of the presence of God. Amen. Just through worship and just through exalting him through his word. And so uh, God's giving us to understand these things, these great truths. And he says in verse 3, then shall we know. If we follow on to know the Lord, it's all about intimacy with God, wanting to get closer to him, wanting to have his word hid in your heart, taking it seriously, not taking him for granted. His going forth is prepared as the morning and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter rain and the former rain on the earth. So here we have another minor prophet exhorting the former and the latter rain on the earth. Amen. So God will come in his goodness, in his glory, the former and the latter together to bring about the harvest. Former rain comes to prepare the soil to plant seed. Latter rain comes to harvest. They seldom come together. That's why Israel would take note. When they would say former and latter together, they sit up. What? What do you mean? That can't happen. That's impossible. It would have to be a miracle from God for that to happen. And so God promises these. How can he promise it? Well, if you look at Amos 9, 13 through 15, that's exactly what that's saying. Where the plowman shall overtake the reaper. In other words, if you're plowing to sow seed, there's rain there. And the reaper is coming ahead of you to harvest what's been sown supernaturally. So it's an impossible experience except by the hand of God. So they're all speaking the same thing. So uh, Amos 9.13 is a former and a latter poured in together. And it's for the harvest of souls. In in these scriptures, they never experienced it. So it would have to have a deeper spiritual meaning. But we can experience it because it's a spiritual occurrence. Where before we get a chance to pray for somebody to be saved, they're coming up to us begging us to know the Lord. You got me? There are situations, now that doesn't mean don't pray. Please, don't get me, don't get this twisted, just get it straightened out. But there will be such a longing in God's heart to help his people with their labor that he will overturn and overtake his own laws of harvesting and reaping so that we can get what we need before we sow it. Why? Because he knows we're going to sow it. He knows this is for people who don't stop praying no matter what happens. You got me? This is for people on assignment. This is not for people, oh, I pray but I don't feel good. Not even for them people. I used to pray all the time. I don't know what happened. No, 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 no. He's moved on, hunt darling. He got somebody else to do your job. You got me? So let's not get stupid here. He's not waiting on anybody to join him so the earth can move. He moved the earth by himself. You got me? He's God and he don't need no help. Now if you want to get involved, you got to get involved on his terms. 
and stay with it. Amen. So if we follow him, he will lead us into this abundance of rain. The former, again, is to moisten the soil to receive the seed. The latter is to bring in the harvest after the seed's planted. So he says he's giving them both together. So it'll be instant harvest, instant reaping, instant ability to harvest everything. Harvesting your health. Harvesting the health of other people. Everything that the glory provides. Harvesting deliverance for people. Everything that the glory provides, he will do for us in this outpour. So, uh, we, we follow him. He will lead us into the rain. And we are in that day, folks. We're in that day. Increase your expectation of good. Increase your expectation of his glory. Increase your expectation of what God wants to do for you. Just increase your expectation of everything good. If you can't think of, of anything you want, you know, right offhand, I know that's a short, that's a short thought for most of us. But there are times when you, you're peaceful about things in your life. Just lift up your hands to heaven and say, God, I expect good. If you pray for somebody, Father, whatever they need, please provide them with it today. That's a good prayer to pray. Sometimes you can't think, like the Bible says, you don't know how to pray as you ought to. But the Holy Spirit will make intercession for you with groanings that cannot be uttered. And you can utter a, a, a word to God. Father, I expect you to do good in the life of my friend, my sister, my family member, whatever they need today, God. Please provide it for them. You see? And so God can take that prayer. I know we're told just pray the word and that's right. You got me? Sometimes you don't know what to pray. You haven't talked to them, but there's an urgency in your heart to see a blessing come into their lives. And Father, they, they've got a need today. I know they do. Whatever it is, bless them. Make sure that need gets met and it gets met with abundance. And, and just let that go and let God work with that. And Habakkuk 2, I'm sorry, Haggai. 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 Verse, uh, chapter 2. And verse 9, we'll start there. It says here, uh, and uh, we'll start with verse 8. Let me see. Because he repeats something that we just heard. I think we just heard this in Joel or in, in Hosea. Verse 7, he said, I will shake all nations. Same shaking. All the minor prophets talk about the shaking of all nations. And the desire of all nations shall come. In other words, whatever you want, if you're an evil nation, you've been wanting to, you know, uh, uh, to take over and dominate people, God said, I'll let you have that. He said, but I'm going to shake you in the process. You understand me? So there'll be a penalty to pay if it's not the will of God. And he says, I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord of hosts. In other words, when you see that, you say, thank you, Jesus. That's what we want. I receive your glory filling up every place that I go in Jesus' name. See what I'm saying? And it says, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord. And he gives it to whomever he wants. All these conspiracies where we've seen tons of money go out of this country into the communist treasury, into the Iranian treasury, all of those people, God said, that silver and that gold belongs to me. 
and I'll get it back and I'll distribute it as I please, says the Spirit of the Lord. He says, the glory of the latter house shall be greater than that of the former, says the Lord of hosts. That means that the glory that he visited on Israel, remember, his train filled the temple and the priest could not stand to minister for the cloud. He said, that's coming and it's going to get greater. Amen. So not just the priest falling down, but the priesthood falls down under the weight of his glory. Amen. And he says, saith the Lord of hosts, and in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. In the four and twentieth day of the ninth month, the second year of Darius, came the word of the Lord to Haggai, saying, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Ask now the priests concerning the law, saying, If one bear holy flesh in the skirt of his garment and do not touch bread, will it be holy? They said, No. And he said, If one touch unclean and, and touch these, will it be unclean? They say, Yeah. So you got to teach people the difference between what's right and what's wrong in God's eyes. In other words, their minds were so polluted they didn't know. In other words, why is Tyler Perry up in the pulpit in the Holy Church of God? Why is he preaching? Why are they doing yoga in the potter's house? Why? Because they don't know this. They don't know the difference between the holy and the profane. And see, there is people out here have a, such an appetite for those names and those personalities that they'll eat up everything they put in the, and God will be trying to tell them, now that ain't right. Something's wrong with that. And they'll keep going back for more anyway. Why? Because what they desire from a man is greater than what they desire from God. You got me? This should not be in God's house. That's God's money. The silver and the gold belong to Him. God put money in the, the hearts of the people what were touched by God to give. And you're going to give his house over to pollution? I don't think so. I don't think so. God calls for extreme obedience. Amen. He calls for extreme obedience. For him to pour out like he wants to. Verse 14, so Haggai, and then answered Haggai and said, so is this people, so is this nation before me, said the Lord, and so is every work of their hands, and that which they offered is unclean. Haggai said, nobody down here doing right. And now I pray you, consider from this day and upward, from before a stone was laid upon a stone in the temple of the Lord, since those days were when one came to a heap of twenty measures, there were but ten when one came to the wine vat for to draw out fifty vessels out of the press. There were but twenty. I smote you with blasting, with mildew, with hail, and all the labors of your hands, yet you turn not to me, says the Lord. In other words, God said, I've tried to rebuke you and spank you, but you didn't pay attention. Amen. I remember I had a, a, a family friend. She had a granddaughter. And uh, she was messing with some stuff on the cocktail table. You know how you just spank their hands or sometimes you can hit the table and scare them. She was not moved. I said, okay, right. Miss, you're in charge here. You can tap anything you want to. Just leave in a hurry. You understand what I'm saying? That's the way God's people had gotten to be. You could do anything to them, cause their life to be rough, and they kept being sinful the way they were. And he says, verse 18, Consider now from this day and upward, from the four and twentieth and ninth month, even from the day of the foundation of the Lord's temple was laid, consider it. Is the seed yet in the barn? 
Yeah, is the yeah is, is and yet the vine and the fig tree and the pomegranate and the olive tree have not brought forth from this day? Will I bless you? And again, the word of the Lord came to Haggai in the fourth and twentieth day of the month, saying, "Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I will shake the heavens and the earth. That means sinner and saint alike will be shaken. Amen. I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. Some of these nations you see will be no more." They just won't be able to stand in the shaking of God. I will destroy the strength of the kingdoms of the heathen. And I will overthrow the chariots. And those that ride in them and the horses and their riders shall come down. Every one by the sword of his brother. And that day saith the Lord of hosts. I will take you O Zerubbabel my servant. The son of Shatiel saith the Lord. And will make thee a signet. In other words those people who follow God he will make what that word signet really means a covenant guarantee he said this is something that's going to happen you don't have to doubt this he said it, it means to be secure and completed like this and compacted I'm sorry like the scales of a crocodile in other words, it's solid, it's sure, it won't vary, it's it's written in stone, impenetrable, it will come to pass. It's a seal of royal authority. And so God says, in that day, I'll make this word signed, sealed, and delivered from my hands just like it should be. Amen? And so when we talk to God about these things and when we get understanding and we get knowledge and we get all the things that we need, then God will be able to help us to stand in his presence, stand in his glory, let his glory fall, let it fall and let it fall and let it continue to fall. It will be a nonstop manifestation of his presence, says the spirit of the living God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Father, we thank you. We bless you. We praise you. We magnify you. We extol you and we lift you up. You are worthy to be praised and adored. And we honor you today, Lord, and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen. Amen.